Hey, what's going on, Brandon? Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, I'm sure glad you e emailed me and got in contact. Uh, you doing all right today? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks Good. a lot for asking, Jason. Good, man. Uh, so you emailed me about uh, a few things that have happened to you. Which one do you want to start with? Um, we, we can start with uh, the, the story about the goat man. Okay. And, yeah. And, um, when I was uh, about twelve years old, I was uh, I live in in Kentucky, and uh, uh, the the county I'm not going to mention what county it was here, if that's okay. Um, but uh, I was there with my family, and uh, we we usually visited. Um, almost every weekend as much as possible my grandmother's and uh she was you know she was pretty elderly even then and uh so this was back in the 80s um it was a different time i don't know if a lot of your viewers um understand this but uh here in kentucky in those in those days people would leave their their doors unlocked and things even if they were gone Oh times. yeah, I remember those yeah. days. Sure. And uh, so, anyway, uh, my mother and father wanted me to uh, some uh, family friends and let them know that they were in for the weekend because my grandmother didn't have a telephone. So I rode my bicycle down there, and uh, it was probably just a little under a mile, something like that, from from her house. And, um, so I got down there to the house and I laid my bicycle off to the side of this house. And I want to, uh, mention one little aspect here, uh, was that, um, I think w when we were speaking before the show here, um, this house, sits catacornered to two roads and I'll get into that later, what the significance of that is, um, in, in the paranormal realm, which I found out later on in life. So, uh, just to kind of paint a picture, you know, this is older, probably built in the late twenties, early thirties, this house. And so I go and knock on the front door and I stand there for a few and, uh, no one came to the door. Well, being a kid, you know, I thought, well, you know, my parents wouldn't have sent me, sent me down uh, down to these people's home had there not been anybody there. And so what I did was I, I walked around to the side of the house and, and there was a, uh, a side door with a, uh, metal storm door on there with a, a glass in it. And the inside door was a jar. It was open, you know, you, about three fourths of the way or something. And I could kind of see in there. So, but, you know, it was, it was daytime and sun was out. So I had to cut my hands to look inside and I put my face up to the glass and was looking in and all of a sudden this thing comes out of nowhere. I mean, I don't know, you know, if it was, well, for the sake of time, I'm not sure where it came from. It just came out of nowhere. And if you can picture, if you've seen Lord, the, the movie Lord of the Rings, this thing ran kind of like the golem with its 
hands down toward the floor, maybe kind of like ape-like, but its hind legs were like a goat's, and its upper body was more human-like. And it runs up, and it's it like jumps, it jumped down off of this counter. It like ran, I mean, it was just all over the place. And it ran up to the door and looked me right directly in the eye. And so, was your were you, were you still cupping your hands looking through the door? Yeah, yeah I, you know I, I couldn't even move. I was, uh, I mean, I was absolutely you know mortified. I didn't know what to do. So, was it your uh, height? This is short. I, I would I would say it was about my height, or or maybe a, a a touch taller. You know, I'm not really sure. I would I wouldn't put it over probably five and a half feet tall at most. And so, I mean, here I am looking at this thing directly now. And uh, as I described to you earlier, uh, the thing had a hair on its face and everything like a like a dog or a goat would have. Its head was like a goat's head. But the the thing is, it had more human like features as the nose came down. It came to a cliff. And then its mouth looked more human-like. It, it didn't have lips per se, but you know, it it just its mouth was shaped more like a human mouth, and uh, its eyes uh, were a yellow color with slits in them like a cat's eye, and it had ram-like horns that uh, protruded out from the just behind the temple, I would say, and came down and curled toward the bottom of its chin. And it had this like really mangy hair uh, that, that went around the back side of its head and on the, on the sides. And I don't remember seeing ears on it. That was strange. I don't know why, but yeah, I was going to actually ask you about the ears. Did it have more human kind of hair that, what what did his like hair look like on the top of his head? Was it human or was it short? It, like it, curly? It was, it was uh it had a, like a natural wave look to it, like um kind of like a horse's hair that's on the neck of a horse. It was it was kind of like that. You know, it wasn't real long, but it was just uh you know kind of I guess kind of like a lion's mane. I, I guess I would maybe even go that far to say i mean i'm trying to give a very descriptive picture of what i've seen that that day we actually uh, are i'm getting a pretty good picture in my head um Um, i i have seen some pictures online of things that people have drawn you know some renderings and things but uh i've never seen anything that was what i would say directly on par with it you know, there's a few uh, goat man images I've seen. Um, like, uh, I want to say there's there's one that really stands out, but it's it's like really muscular and all this stuff. Well, this thing wasn't really that big. It was, you know, smaller. You know, it was like a. It, well, it wasn't. I, I, it I, wasn't ripped. Well, it, it was muscular in that sense, but it was small. Like it was a, yeah. you know, like a, a like a young adult. I mean, you know, it, its body shape, build was like 
someone that would say be lifting weights and they were 14 or 15, you know what I'm saying? Well, I imagine like a washboard that, stomach, you know? Okay. So it was kind of had a lot of muscles. Yeah. I, I imagine if this thing eventually looks you straight in the face through that glass door, you might not have gotten a look at his chest, but do you remember what his chest looked like? Uh, no, no, I just, yeah. uh, I caught a glimpse, you know, of the upper body, but you know, as it, when it jumped up on this counter, I mean, with little effort, I mean, it's just like, blam, it jumped up there back down and right at the door in my face. And I, I literally expected it to like smack the door, but it didn't do, it didn't do anything. It didn't make a sound. I mean, like when it was at the door, but, uh, the, the, the terrifying part was it opened its mouth and it, it had little tiny teeth, like, um, like small, like a, like baby's teeth, but they were really sharp looking, but they were real small, you know, not like fangs or nothing, but little, just little short baby teeth. And, um, it's, you know, it's inside of its mouth. What I can remember was somewhat different colored than a human's mouth um kind of like a uh, more of a purplish color i want to say and um but what i i do recall is i I had this overwhelming feeling like it was hissing at me it didn't scream there was no like loud noises just like it was hissing at me or something and that's when you know i i as I told you before uh, the show, I had this overwhelming feeling like I was standing there for what seemed like 30 minutes or something, you know, it just seemed forever. And uh, I finally gathered myself together and got on my bicycle and I was pedaling that thing like I was going to try to get to the moon on it. <laughs> real quick, and, uh, real quick. Yeah. Did you, do you remember it making a sound when it jumped on the counter? No, I, I never heard, I never heard the, you know, like the, what you would expect to hear the thump and, you know, and like, uh, you tr- left before it did. did yes. It? I got you. What, uh, yes. what happened after that? Um, well, as I was riding back to my grandmother's and I remember looking back over my shoulder and, um, if, if a person can imagine and they've seen, I hate to use another cliche movie, but reference, but I look back and it looked like the, the foliage of the trees and stuff was moving like predator or something was something was moving the physical tree limbs and things above the roadway. And, um, you got to imagine this is a gravel road I'm on as well. I mean, up, uh, where I, where my grandmother lived, it's very rural there, you know, there was no, uh, paved roads at the time there. And so I, I was on this gravel road and this, and it just felt like there was this ominous something behind me. I don't know if it was just out of fear or there was some sort of paranormal, um, <clears throat> uh, some sort of paranormal element from that event that followed me, you know, um, uh, but, to make this story a little shorter when I got back to, to my grandmother's, 
I'd, I'd rode through a creek that normally I had to walk through with the bicycle. When I arrived there, um, you know, they can't, they saw me that, and I was like wailing and crying and, uh, beside myself in fear. And they came down to inspect me. I mean, they were like patting me all over thinking maybe I'd been rattlesnake bit. And so, um, once they saw that I hadn't been snake bit or anything, you know, they were trying to get me to be able to talk to them. And, and I told them what I'd saw. And, uh, you know, back in those days, um, families sort of just kind of tried to, you know, take the edge off of a serious matter by kind of making a joke of it or, you know, whatever, to, you know, maybe make you, doubt what you saw yourself or something, you know, and, and, you know, it took them a long time to console me. And, uh, as I was telling you before, Jason, I had to, uh, you know, my whole life has been affected by that, that one event actually. And it sent me down a path towards, you know, some bad things and then some, and towards some good things later on, obviously. Well, I imagine a lot of times families just wouldn't know where to put it sure and in their yes. mind there's just like well there's no way he could have saw that <laughs> yeah but they yeah, were I mean, they obviously knew something had happened to you yeah um, it, it was you know it was pretty life-changing for me you know but at that point you know there wasn't there wasn't uh counselors or someone i could go talk to about it right and, you know after the event you know it was just you know, the family sort of blew it off and tried to make me feel okay about it. You know, that was, that was the best they could do, you know. Um, would you say, and I would imagine probably it is, uh, but would you say that's the strangest thing that's ever happened to you? I'm going to say yes. Um, it, it, it would stand out as probably the number one event of my entire life uh, as far as seeing anything that is outside this realm of understanding that we have. Yeah. Later on when, um, I don't know, I guess I got on the internet pretty early around 94, but when the internet started getting big, did you try to research goat man? Because there isn't a slew of information out there. There are, there are a lot of accounts and and some stories and stuff but did you try to figure out anything about him did you find out any information or any well stories um i didn't really hit the internet till around 2001 so i was a, i was sort of a a late bloomer with the with the internet age uh so um by the time i actually got into the internet and stuff I'd sort of gotten away from that. You know, I, I had, uh, tried to put that behind me, obviously, you know, my teenage years was pretty troubled from it, you know? And so, you know, as I got into my twenties and stuff, I sort of try to, you know, put that back behind me. But, uh, I do recall, you know, a little later on, say, I want to say around Oh five, Oh six. And there, I, I don't know if I just finally mustered up some, you know, some actual, <laughs> uh, nerve to actually get into looking, looking about it, you know, and, and studying about what it may have been. 
And, you know, I kept running across this one name and it was Azazel. Yes. And, and I'm sure you're familiar with that name. Yes. Um, and, uh, for those that may not know, that was a, uh, demon, uh, in old Testament. Uh, that was a, a fallen angel, right? There's it's the, the terminology there gets weird, but from what I remember, he was described, uh, as a fallen angel, right? Yeah. Uh, Zazel was supposed to be, uh, one of the fallen ones, uh, at Mount Hermon. Yes. And he and, was, uh, yeah, he was responsible. They, do you remember what he was responsible for teaching, um, Mankind, I think I remember running across them. You know, I'm talking about they list some angels, I think, in Enoch. Sure. Yeah. The the book of Enoch explains the different, uh, 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 for the lack of it, the different uh, jobs or tasks that they were, you know, uh, sort of assigned for their, themselves, you know, like one was over writing and the arts and, and teaching man to, uh, uh, learn the ways of sword making and right. uh, making armament, that sort of things. And, but I, as far as Azazel, I really can't tell you. It's been a long time since I, you know, I used to research the demonology thing, but it's been so long and, you know, uh, I just really got away from all that. Um, I actually got to meet, um, and his name slips slips my mind all of a sudden. John uh, Zaffis. Yeah, I oh, met him. Uh, he had a TV show. Yeah, yeah. I actually got to meet John Zaffis, uh, and he had a, a museum of mm-hmm. really evil, like you could say, artifacts. Yeah, that's an interesting guy. Yeah, he he was a real, real generous and friendly guy. Um, a lot more friendly than I actually expected. Um, Real quick, Azazel taught men to make swords and knives and shields and breastplates. There we go. And okay. I, just before I forget, because I'll lose this point I wanted to make, that's fascinating sure. to me because, <clears throat> you know, I believe a lot of these, especially the rarer cryptids that people see, if you want to call it Goatman a cryptid, uh, it's definitely kind of more on the spiritual end as far as I, I can tell. But well, that's sure. what I think they could shapeshift. The angels could come down and, and you might not could tell it tell them from a human. And I believe they shapeshift. And, of course, we won't really know, but that could have been a fallen angel that you saw. And yeah, it was taking I mean, absolutely. that. Is that the feeling you get? I, I don't really feel like that incident was one of those moments where, you know, I could tell you with any kind of assurance or even yeah. in the realm that, that that's what I saw. You know, I feel like it was, it was some sort of entity that was able to come through the veil, well, you know, I guess, the veil between this world and the next, but. I guess at that yeah. point, it's uh, good to call it just demonic because yeah, that's a yeah. broader a broader term because it sounds like it followed you. It may have 
changed form and been pretty much invisible and was chasing in you and a strong entity like that you can feel it coming after you that's terrifying well, to be 12 years old dude that's oh yeah yeah definitely and and another another facet to that um um of appalachia i mean that's what you know the area of kentucky is appalachia um is known for what they call like appalachian witchcraft you know they it, it's they never actually called it that, but that's what I would consider it as. And I think I've actually seen it termed as that by some other researchers. And my grandmother was into like, for instance, uh, with, I hate to use this gruesome term, but she would take it like a black chicken and rip it in half and take the blood from that chicken I don't know what, what she said. I'm sure there was some sort of thing she would say and she would like rub it, rub the blood on like, uh, I don't know if, uh, many of your viewers have heard this term, uh, shingles. Uh, she, she had had shingles. And so, um, I'd heard them talking about it, uh, her and some of my other family and she had rubbed the black rooster's blood on her on her shingles to get rid of them if if people don't know shingles is uh it's slightly i just know a tad bit about it it's slightly related to like chicken pox or something and it's yes. a skin ailment that burns it's from nerve, really it's bad actual nerve like a nerve disorder uh, that stems from having chicken pox over ah, time okay yeah go ahead yep. go ahead a little bit quicker explanation, I guess. But yeah, and uh, you know, she'd uh, had other ailments and things. And I mean, I know a lot of people have heard of these uh, uh, herbalist doctors and things like that. Well, it was, you know, sort of in line with that kind of thing, but they sort of took it to the darker side. Um, I I can't tell you why. I don't know if it come from the old land over in Ireland and Scotland. That's what I wanted to ask you know, if you knew what the origin. I, I, I really that think that's where it came from. I yeah. really do. I believe it was sort of a, you know, sort of a pagan thing that kind of just came you know, from overseas. The, the through the melting pot here in America, and you know, my grandmother was born in nineteen oh six. And, uh, she passed away in, I think it was 96, I believe, um, no 92. She died in 92. I apologize. Uh, but you know, she, she had, uh, I had this discussion with a, 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 a psychologist later on in life. I had some anxiety issues and things. And so, um, this, this, I get, I, I would, let's, let's say more of a counselor. This person was, but he was a Christian counselor and he had this thing where we used, um, what they call, re, uh, prayer regression. And so we went into prayer and, uh, it, it, I, I tell you, it was amazing what happened. Wow. Go on. Cause I've heard of regression, but I've never heard of prayer get freaky for you. This is going to get real freaky for you. Wow. Go ahead. So, so my grandmother, you know, 
with this little bit of a backstory of her having some dabblings in the, the dark arts, whatever you want to call it. So I went into this, this regression. I told this counselor about what I experienced, what I've just told you guys. And, uh, so, <clears throat> um, we went into this prayer regression and, and what happens, it's kind of like a meditation only you're doing it in the security of faith, you know, faith of God. And so it, I felt protected, you know, I felt okay about it. You know, at first I was skeptical. And uh, so anyway, I went into it and it's like you have a vivid dream. It's a, a, a livid, vivid dream where you're awake, but you're, you know, you're having this prayer and he sort of just stops and lets me see what I can see. and. What I saw was my grandmother cackling like a witch. And I mean, I tell you, uh, it to this day gives me chills run all over my body. Now, my grandmother was never what you call or what I considered to be evil toward me or the family or anything. But there was this, I just, that's what I pictured. He, you know, he said, I want you to take yourself back to that day. And what do you see? And I saw my grandmother cackling on the porch like a witch. And her her face was even uh, very vivid. He was taking uh, you back to the day that you saw that uh, goat man. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, we were trying to, I guess, find a point of reference of where this all began and maybe why I actually had that experience. Just to clarify, you were coming from your grandmother's house to another family member's house, right? And then you rode back. They, they were house. a friend of the family uh, that hadn't seen me since I was just a little kid. Okay. And so uh, I rode down there because uh, we, uh, my grandmother didn't have a telephone. Okay. So you were... With that, we were in for the weekend, you know, it was kind of uh, to let them know in case they wanted to come down and visit with uh, my mom and dad or whatever. Okay. And, and you know, um, so I'm, I'm in this, you know, this prayer regression thing and, and I picture her just cackling like a witch and it was like I was looking directly at her and I mean, my grandmother had these piercing emerald eyes. I mean. She, she could look like, like she was looking right through you. And, uh, that's funny. My grandfather had eyes like that. So I don't know exactly. Yeah, what it's you're like you don't about. see people with eyes that much like that nowadays. It's like the, something changed. And, um, but you know, she had those real piercing emerald color eyes and, um, but she was just cackling like a witch. I mean, it wasn't like a laugh, like a funny ha ha. It was more like, I just don't know. Um, and I'll tell you, there's some other strange occurrences. Uh, my father uh, uh, or my dad, my dad and mother came down there one time uh, before this event here. And she was with another man. And I think he may have been into this kind of stuff as well. And they were in their like, 70s fooling around 
And I, I don't know if it's some kind of like sex magic ritual, something of that nature. I mean, I don't want to go there. <laughs> right. Apologize for, you know, for even going no, down that but, road, but Yeah, I can. Yeah, I, I dig. I, I can understand that. But uh, she she actually was hiding in the house. And um, the the doors were all locked up. And my dad thought maybe that she had had a stroke or something. So he sent one of my uh, eldest brothers. I have two other brothers and a sister. Sent him through the window. It was the only thing they could find open to check on her. And when she when he came through the window, she jumped out from behind a refrigerator and like smacked him like like nobody's, you know, ever saw, you know what I'm saying? And uh, no one ever saw her with her hair down. Her hair was probably to her waist, you know, uh, back then, you know, it, you see older women nowadays. Uh, usually as they start to get older, a lot of women start cutting their hair shorter, you know. Yeah. But but her hair was down to her waist, and uh, it was uh, to be her age. She had very little gray and white hairs, you know. And I mean, she she even looked the part of a witch. I hate to say that about my own grandmother, bless her heart, and, you know, rest in peace. But do you know why she was hiding behind the refrigerator and all of a sudden jumped out and smacked him? Because I I think he caught them in the act of something they were doing in that home. Uh, okay. In, in her home. And so, um, that, that's, you know, and she ran them off, you know, and I mean, she used all kinds of explicit, explicit language and stuff, but, uh, you know, she was just into a lot of weird things, you know, it's just stuff you don't really think about someone that's your grandmother and in her seventies doing those sort of things. So well, her be doing that does bring things around, you know what I'm saying? It, it, well, uh, that, that, that sort of is what, you know, that was the whole regression thing. I mean, it's like all this stuff started to pull together and I was like, I believe my grandmother conjured something. Uh, and that was the reason they set me up. Or like that was her chance to set me up. And I say this, <laughs> I don't mean to sound the conspiracy theorist or something or oh, completely. I wear a tin hat. I wear a tinfoil hat. So go ahead. Yeah, I don't, I don't really want to get crazier <laughs> than it already is. But uh, believe me, before this is over, uh, it's going to be pretty wild. But, uh, you know, uh, what we, what we came to the conclusion of, he said, I believe. You know, once I come out of the regression and kind of got myself back together, because, man, I started boohooing yeah. like a big baby. I mean, it was like a relief, and it scared me all at the same time. You know, that's that's good for you, though, right? That's, that's, yeah, that's a it, good thing. Yeah, it was. It was It was sort of a relief. On the other hand, it was, uh, it was kind of a nightmare, you know, like yeah. having a nightmare. And so. But it's better than, than keeping those, all that inside. Sure. You know, you can tell the story, you know, just like right now I'm telling you guys what's ha what's happened. But when you're in that situation and you're comfortable and you're able to sort of kind of let it all loose, man, I mean, it really is sort of vindicating, you know, it gives you, 
you know, you don't feel like you're just a nut that you've seen something and no one wants to believe it, you know, or whatever. I mean, this, this guy was a, a real, you know, he, he was a real genuinely nice person and a good person, I believe. And, uh, you know, he, he never doubted me for a moment because I mean, he saw the emotions and think microaggressions that you can't, you can't hide those things. I wouldn't mind uh, having a session with him. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. I that mean, was good. Yeah. yeah. It, it was, it was, uh, like I said, it was refreshing, but scary as hell at the same time. What's, uh, it's bad when it comes out, but I think ultimately that's, it's a real good thing. Oh, sure. Sure. And, um, so what I came to the conclusion of, uh, and I found out more later on down the road, you know, cause a lot of things parents and, and family members won't tell you when you're younger, but when you get older, you find out all these strange family secrets and, uh, strange things about other people you would have never thought of. And, uh, so there's a family that lives, um, Oh, I want to say a few miles away from my, where my grandmother lived. And so my grandmother had, uh, so, you know, this was a little after 92 and we went down there to, to their home. Me and my father had went up there to stay for the weekend and, uh, just to kind of, you know, it was his home place. So it was good for him to get up there and get some fresh air, that sort of thing. But, uh, we went to these, it was a family friend's home a few miles away. And, uh, we went in there and, uh, uh, back then, uh, Terminator two had just came out like, like been a few years, but it was, you know, and then in my part of the country, it wasn't really, it had, you know, it would just come out on like VHS and stuff. And I oh yeah. I've seen all the, ter- <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah. cool. They've got that tape. You know, I was like, Oh man, they have the VHS of Terminator. <laughs> I've seen all of them. I had to, I finally watched the last ones just to end up seeing what the end of the story was. And I remember reading the first Terminator book also too. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, you're fine. I don't know. It's fine. Um, but I remember walking in into their home and they lived in a really small home. Um, and I guess in order to lay this out for you, they, uh, the road, um, it was sort of like a home that was on a bank. So there, there was like this sloping bank down into a garden. They had their garden in this little, what we call a bottom or some people just call a field. Um, and so, the house was really small. Um, I mean, it's it, it just a, a tiny, you know, country home. So we go in and I thought, man, this place seems a little bit kind of piled up. You know, there's like, like bedroom furniture in the living room and stuff. And we're sitting there on the couch, me and dad are. And so they, they're sitting there and, you know, they're asking us how our trip was and how we'd got settled in all that sort of thing. All the, formalities and uh my dad uh, out of the blue brings this up uh mentions something uh 
because I think he, I think that maybe he had mentioned this to me beforehand at some point, and I just sort of, you know, kind of stuck it in the back of my head about their house being haunted. And I was like, ah, you know, <laughs> you know, after the things I'd seen, I was like, yeah, you know, no big deal. So we're sitting there, you know, amongst uh, their daughter's bedroom furniture, and they began to tell me this story. And now I will say these people were Christian people. And that's not to say that Christian people are infallible. I will say these people were probably some of the most salt of the earth people I've ever known. And so they begin to tell us, or well, the husband does, the, the wife doesn't really like to talk about it. Like it really upset her. You could tell. And, uh, they were talking about, um, the husband. I'm, I'm not going to mention names for the sake of their privacy, but the husband, um, he was talking about how he had plowed the field uh, the, the summer before. And the old man that owned this house before they owned it had told them to not, and, and in specific terms and in a way you probably wanted to listen, but they had forgotten about it, to not plow certain, uh, down past a certain area of the garden. And they had forgotten this somehow, and he took the tractor and plowed the garden further down, and he went over this hole. And when I say a hole, I'm talking probably big enough a person could actually slide down inside of it. This is this big, huge hole out on the edge of the creek bank, right next to the creek bank, you know, and then there, there was their garden. And so he plowed over a little further and went over that. And in, in broad daylight, the wife saw what looked like a shadow come out of this hole onto the plows of the tractor. And he saw her reaction, thinking maybe there was a snake or something. And he looked back and he saw it as well. And then it went right back inside the hole. Well, yeah, that's that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I at first, you know, I was like, hey, okay, it's, it's in the shadow, you know. And then I got a little more intrigued. It was like um, the husband got up one night after that, you know, um, probably a week late, you know, during the next week or something, because this was on a weekend. And he got up to get a drink of water, and he would always look out back at his. Uh, tractor and plow and stuff to make sure anybody wasn't out there, you know, sneaking around, maybe trying to steal a chicken or something, you know, <laughs> that's about all they had to steal back then. And so he looked out the window and there was this thing hanging on the back window looking at him. You know, he kind of looked down in the backyard and when he did, he saw this thing looking back at him and I can't give his description any justice. And seeing I wasn't there, I can't, you know, I can't attest for how scary it was. But he said he got back in the bed <laughs> and didn't sleep the rest of the night. Uh, and needless to say, he had several nights like that afterwards. Well, it sort of took a turn for the worse. Um, this they started hearing sounds come out of this hole 
when they'd be out there like hoeing the garden and the plants and stuff. And, um, again, that's not good. No, not good. Uh, it sounded like, and this was their explanation. Of course, you know, in Kentucky, <laughs> sort of backwoods, you know, I'm sorry that my accent's terrible. Oh uh, man, I, I grew up in uh, northern Alabama. You're not bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have the pure eastern Kentucky uh, slang, so I, I apologize. And in fact, I almost think you have like a, a deep radio voice. But go ahead. so don't worry about that. Go ahead. Okay, okay, I appreciate that. But uh, you know, uh, they heard these sounds, and 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 the husband he got down there and was like listening, and it sounded what he said. It sounded like pop tabs, like on, on a, on a soda can or something popping, you know, that's, that's what he thought he heard. It was just like that kind of sound. Like a bunch of them or yeah. Uh, and then he, it was more like, um, he kind of thought that it was more like fire or something, the sound of fire or something. So I don't know, you know, he just said that was yeah. how they explained it to me. So Coming out of the it. hole. Those sounds yeah, come, are, coming from right. the hole. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I, here I am, you know, that's I'm like, really oh, not good. <laughs> sure. You know, I'm, I'm just a few years out from this goat man incident. Right. You know? Yeah. And so, and I'm sitting there thinking I'm going to have to go back to my grandmother's and sleep in the house that, you know, that's just down the road from the damn goat man. Apologies for my language there, but from the goat man. <laughs> and I'm going to have to think about this tonight, plus the goat man and my creepy grandmother. So, um, yeah, he, so, you know, I'm sitting there still sort of in, in disbelief. Okay. So that was until they told us that after that, there started to be like scratching and clawing and, uh, sound almost like, chains of stuff being drug across the floor upstairs at, at your grant at the place you were living no the place the, their home i'm sorry gotcha I, okay no problem yeah i forgot about snapping back to their place there that's okay uh so they're telling me about these sounds they've been hearing upstairs and their daughter was scared to death you know and she was about uh i want to say she was probably five years my junior so i was probably I want to say I was about 14, 15 at that time, I guess. Uh, I may not be right on my numbers there, but I was about 14, I would say, somewhere in there anyway. Uh, so, so she was nine or 10, probably. Yeah. Yeah. She was, I, I would, yeah, I'd say she's about 10. And so they had moved all of her furniture out of the upstairs, you know, and they had limited space anyway. And had put a piece of plywood over the upstairs and boarded it up. And I'm sitting here looking directly at it. And uh, then it all sort of hit me like, well, you know, these people aren't just telling me some sort of spook story to kind of scare me. They, I mean, and and the wife was crying. She she done went crying by the time he got to the story about the sounds inside that hole outside, you know. And so after that, that was about all they told me. And I asked dad about it afterwards. And he was telling me that 
the old man that owned that home, he had apparently been into some of the same kind of junk my grandmother had been into. Only he was deeper into it. Like he, the whole, um, they called it the creek up there, you know, where, where I'm from. Um, it's very mountainous country, very mountainous people, but they, they called it the creek. Everyone lived on the creek there. Yeah. So everyone on that creek knew about this old guy that he was into some dark, you know, freaky stuff, but no one dared call him out on it either. You know, uh, he's pretty, a pretty tough cat, you know? So, uh, you know, so I had that to chew on that night when I got home and so you don't know whatever kind of became of them? Did they, you know, if they had to, like, eventually move? I'm sure they moved anyway, but. No, no, they did not move, actually. Um, you know, I told you they were Christian people, so I don't know if they had, you know, maybe a, a preacher or minister come there and maybe try to bless their home. You know, we, we never talked to them about it after that. You know, it was just, it was too upsetting for them at the time. So we just, we left that alone. Uh, but I will say the husband um, had a very terrible um, illness come upon him. It was a, sort of a malpractice thing at a doctor. And he'd worked in the, the coal mines his whole life, you know, and so. He suffered for quite a few years, you know, and my dad was always kind of and kind of grievous towards God because of it. He's like, I don't know how God could allow a man to suffer like that. That's where a lot of people fall is something happens and they blame God for it. And I just have to say, you can't can't blame God for it. He's got a plan. And that's sad. That's sad. I hate to hear that. Well, and the other thing of that is the, the man himself even said, you know, he said, I know, he said, I suffer a lot, you know, and everything, but I know God has a plan for me here. I'm, I'm here for a reason. And so, you know, he actually had a better outlook about it, you know, but my dad was pretty sympathetic toward him because he really, he thought a lot of this guy and, uh, and they, and they, and like, as I said, they were really good people. Uh, but you know, he did, he suffered. And, um, I don't know if it was anything to do with all that, that kind of stuff that had happened there, but I haven't heard anything since. And of course, you know, her being alone now, obviously we're not going to jump into that conversation, you know? Uh, so you've been having any of them spook problems? Uh, oh yeah. I don't want to do that. You know, no, you know, and it's just out of respect, you know? Well, but, uh, I, I remember from talking to you before, said you eventually kind of got into the paranormal and maybe a little bit of craft yourself. Yes. Uh, I can uh, identify that. And like I told you, my situation was kind of with nighttime stuff that happened to me, which eventually led me to researching a lot of stuff because I, I had to know what, what happened to me. So what... Uh, what kind of things do you want to say about that? Well, well I, I got into, um, uh, at first it was just more of a, a young moron, uh, out playing with, uh, fire, you know, uh, so to speak, 
kind of um, sitting out in the road, uh, uh, burning leaves and stuff and trying to talk to the devil or something, you know, at first. That's what it was. I was like challenging him, sort of. It was like, you know, I was still in fear of this goat thing that I'd seen. And I was like trying to challenge him. And I thought it was more, it kind of went that direction. And then um, later on in my teenage years, I got into um, tarot cards, uh, the Ouija board thing, which, you know, I, I don't put a lot of, I don't put a lot of um, um, credit into the Ouija board movement as a lot of uh, other people with faith might, you know, I, I wouldn't suggest it for anyone because anytime you open yourself up to something, you know, you're looking for trouble. I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of bad stories about it. I don't have any personal experiences with it, but my advice is to burn them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just, I, just never, never get in it and never fool with them. You know, it's, it, but I haven't had any per se, uh, bad experiences with one myself. It just, I had a bad feeling about it. As I told you before we uh, started the show there, uh, that, you know, I had, I have this empath sort of thing that was passed down from my mother's side. So I can pick up on bad things and bad vibes, you know, and that sort of thing. And so being around them even gives me just, you know, the heebie jeebies anymore. And so, you know, I would real quick, recommend. Yeah. I, I've been into, I got my first UFO book when I was six. Anything about Bigfoot or Loch Ness Monster I always had to know about. It was pretty much like a general kind of interest. And none of my family was like that. But later on, I found out that my grandmother was kind of like that. And Really? Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Now, because I would kind of hint to all my other, like on my mom's side of the family, nobody on my mom's side of the family was anything like that at all salt of the earth people uh, own plumbing sure. companies and stuff and uh but on my dad's side i kind of lost contact with them when i was like eight because uh, my grandmother died when she was eight mm. and and um later i found out later by talking to my aunt on that side they've got some masons in my family too so oh, I, see. I know yes. how that is mm-hmm yeah, that's uh that that definitely has uh, been a thing I've had to deal uh, deal with in life. Um, I actually uh, when uh, I, I we'll get back to where we was at there, uh, but um, when I turned about twenty or so, you know, I always thought that maybe, you know, may I looked around at people that were kind of like big in my town, you know. Uh, people that had made something of themselves and most of them were Freemasons. And most people listening to this will probably find that if they look around their, their towns or, you know, if it's, uh, you know, if you live in a rural area, something like that, small town, you'll, you'll actually see that a lot of these people that are judges, yeah, uh, sheriffs, um, county attorneys, uh, people that are in, Doctors, you know, the bigger, lawyers. Yes, yes. Bigger businesses, things like that. You'll see that they are Freemasons. And Police. that's not conspiracy theory. Policemen. 
police, unfortunately, yes, um, that that is an entire brotherhood all its own. And so, uh, you know, I thought, well, hey, man, it can't be that bad. You know, all these guys are in it. So I actually went and put a petition in to a jeweler in my town that was a Freemason. And, um, he, you know, he, he was a very strange cat. Like, you know, um, I knew him all like in high school and things like that, but he was sort of a, a weird, weird individual, but, you know, he kind of asked me, the, asked me the questions. He was like, do you believe in a God? He said, a God, not God, not, not the God. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I believe in a, in a God. And at that time I wasn't a Christian and I said, yes, I believe in a God. And, uh, he's like, okay. So that's the main thing we need to know about. He's like, uh, then he kind of got pushy and he's like, have you ever thought he asked me where I work? And I told him, you know, it was in a factory and he kind of, you know, it's kind of like, uh, in, in a factory. He's like, well, you really want to, you really want to keep working in a factory? I'm like, well, I mean, I don't really have a lot of options. He's like, you ever thought about working for the county? And I'm like, mm, not really, but, you know, I'm open to options. And he's like, yeah, we'll talk about that later. And he's like, but I'm going to put your petition in. He said, we'll get back to you. Well, come to find out, and I hope this other people out there understand this. These people do background checks on you. And when I say background checks i mean they check your bank accounts they have their ways of finding out about you your bank account your your bill statements things like that anything yeah, they have a whole network of people they could it, it's it's insane and you know uh this this i mean we're going out on a tangent here i know but i just want to explain this to some people that may not know um and this is not to put down anyone. I'm, I'm not putting down any group of people, anything like that. I just have my opinions as anyone else does. And I'm sure Jason does as well. Oh, yeah. But the Mormon or the LDS <coughs> has the birth records of every human being in America right now. Yeah, they were behind, uh, if I'm correct, uh, Ancestry.com also, right? That's they're real big More than into, likely. yeah, they're, yeah. they're big into genealogy and okay. Yeah. I've, I know a lot about the, the Mormon religion, but go ahead. Okay. So, so you have that factor and then you realize that the Mormons were started by a Freemason. And so there's your connection. I was like, oh, wow. It's like a whole thing opened up. I was like, so these guys have access probably through a Mormon database on every person and they find your birth records. They find, and then they can find out anything else they want to. And, and it wasn't, it was like a couple weeks. I had this, this old guy, he kept walking by my house every day. Never had seen him in my neighborhood. I live in town now. And, uh, this old guy would walk by my house every evening, almost like, clockwork or something and and the only conclusion i came to is he was just checking out who i was keeping company with and so it wasn't i don't know probably 
I want to say five weeks, six weeks after that, after I put in a petition, uh, a friend of mine I went to high school with, which had also became a Freemason. Uh, at that time, people would hang out in town here, and uh, he pulled up and he said, uh, "Hey, uh, you got voted in." I was like, "What?" He's like, "You got voted into the lodge," and I'm like, "Oh." I was like, "Well." You know, man, I, I I changed heart on that. I really don't think I want to get into something that I don't really know about because my mother had been married to one at, at one time. And uh, her and my father, you know, that, that was like their second marriage, you know. Well, my mother's third, my father's second marriage. And so she had been married to a Freemason and she told me, she said, don't ever get into anything that you don't know what you're getting into. And that sort of stuck with me. And some I told him, I, I was like, man, advice. I got, that's some sage advice right there. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that, that stuck with me. And so she was like, you know, she told me that and it kind of stuck in my head. And I was like, you know, when you're in your 20, your early twenties, whatever, you know, things come and go. It's not a big deal. And I was like, nah, man, I don't, I don't think I want in. I was like, tell me something about it though. And he's like, well, let's say he had his, he was riding a motorcycle, had his girlfriend on the back. And he was like, well, let's say if me and you and my fiance was in a boat on a, on a, on the water and the boat capsized and you were drowning and she was drowning. I would be obligated to save you before. Wow. Her. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, uh, yeah, I definitely, man, I'm not interested. And he's like, you sure, man? I'm like, yeah. I was like, you can tell them I'm not interested. No offense. I appreciate that. They, they considered me and he seemed pretty pissed that I had turned them down, you know? And yeah. since then it seems in my town that, a lot of people don't have a lot to do with me. Um, like I can't get things done like other people, you know, like I need to go have my vehicle worked on. Nobody seems to be able to, Oh, I'm covered up in work and they're standing there like petting their old dog or something. That's scary. <laughs> that is they're, they're scary. Like, Gee, buddy. I, and then you look down at their hand and there's the Masonic ring. And it's like, uh, I got, I started getting pulled over by police here a lot after that. Wow. Um, yeah, there was just a lot of stuff happened. And so, you know, I, I knew then, you know, um, I was coined as they, the term that they call it is I was blackballed. And so just for politely bowing yes. out of it. Yes. Uh, if you're, if you, uh, ever if you were to ever pursue it, it is a big mistake. I I will tell you that from the beginning. So uh, that was a lesson learned, and uh, I apologize. We went out on that that whole tangent about Freemasonry, but you know, there's some witchy stuff going on in that. You know, yeah. And so I think it has to do a lot of current events right now. But so it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> things we're yeah. actually watching happen on television and right. the internet. So we won't get off into that tangent. <laughs> yeah. That, that was still interesting because I've yeah. not my father, but my father's father and his father and his father were all made pretty high sure. up there or whatever. So, 
I was yep. very, I had no idea. You know, and she showed me pictures of his apron and stuff. And mm-hmm. I was kind of shocked. <clears throat> well, I mean, I know, ver- I know very little about a lot of things. I mean, that's, uh, that's my whole <laughs> like mantra in life, you know? Uh, yeah. I know a lot, a little bit about a lot of things. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> or ma- maybe I messed up on yeah. that. I apologize. No, I, got I know you. a lot about a little and a little about a lot. There we go. Yeah. So anyway, back to the whole tarot cards, all that, that sort of thing, you know, um, I got into that and I dabbled around into that. And, um, luckily that didn't really go anywhere. You know, I didn't really go too far with it, but I was into the macabre stuff. You know, I, um, we used to, uh, I actually had a, a real coffin in my, in my home at one time. And so, uh, and, and that was only for Halloween type purposes, but everyone took it as, you know, like suddenly my house became, uh, uh, sort of like a tourist attraction for teenagers and <laughs> people in their early twenties, you know, they're like, Hey man, show us that coffin in the basement. And I'm like, all right, come on. <laughs> and, you know, I had it kind of decorated up in my basement and stuff, you know, just to freak people so out. It almost became a ur- urban legend. Uh, it it turned I? into a big mess, man. That's what it really turned into. I oh, kid no. you not. Uh, People, you know, sort I got picked on in school anyway, you know, like uh, earlier um, back after that goat man incident because I was drawing all this spooky stuff. And, and where I live, if you get into that kind of thing, you're drawing things that people don't think is normal, like horses and trees and things. Uh, you're you're some kind of Satanist or something. So at that time, you know, they started bullying me over that. And, you know, I was sort of the emo teen, I guess you want to say, uh, you know, kind of listening to my music, just living in my own world. A lot of teenagers that way, but they picked on me, you know, and I, I had to beat up a few bullies over that. And, um, uh, you know, my life has been, um, filled pretty much with a lot of strange coincidences and things. And, and that sort of stuff. Uh, I know I'm just rambling here. I'm trying to keep it together for you. <laughs> um, I'll tell you, Jason, uh, another thing uh, that went along with uh, that whole paranormal stuff I was into as a teenager, you know, I've seen some other things uh, that uh, I hate to even bring this subject up because it goes right back to the tinfoil hat thing. Oh, good. Like, as I said, but um, now I have had some people. Um, I, I've noticed that the there's a lot more people now have openly looked at Bigfoot, right? Crypto seems really hot right now, especially like Dogman, and yeah, it's so, bigger than ever. I I would say I am a believer in Bigfoot. And, uh, the reason I can tell you, I believe it is because I saw it. And another friend of mine, uh, as a, as one of my childhood friends, we were best friends. We did everything together. And so this was about 90, I want to say 96, 
95 or 96. And now you have uh, your viewers and you, I'm sure you remember uh, that parents were a little more lenient with their kids back then. Like my parents trusted me to go out. I could stay out all night. They didn't mind because they knew I wasn't doing anything nefarious. Well, see, mine were like be home before dark. And mm -hmm. I'm a single dad of eight year old daughter. And, uh, oh, she's wow. be, yeah, <laughs> she's got, she hadn't been allowed to even go out months or right. playing with friends. So that's sad. We did grow up a lot different. We could, mm -hmm. like you said, those family members had their door open. You can't really do that anymore. You know, was, if you were in a small town in the eighties, you could still pretty much leave your door open and not oh, really yeah, have to yeah. worry about it. And your kids could like, I, I don't think mine let me stay out after dark, but we would basically go play out in the woods all day and sure. ride motorcycles and stuff through the trails. But go ahead. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that was sort of my, you know, my same kind of childhood, you know, I got to go out in the day, just, you know, gallivant through the woods, doing whatever I wanted. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I, there was a strict worth at, uh, work ethic that I had to live by. My father was pretty, uh, he was pretty rough on me as far as the work ethic. Like he worked me like a grown man, you know, I, it, they didn't have me to just have a little bundle of joy. It was more of a, <laughs> a gopher, you know, go here, go there, do what I tell you. <laughs> so, um, you know, I did a lot of hard work as a kid and on the weekends while other kids was watching cartoons, I was out working like a man chopping wood and, and stacking it. So anyway, uh, back to my original point of this was, you know, they, they let me stay out late at night and me and my friend, you know, we'd, uh, I had a, uh, all terrain cycle as they call it. It was a, a three wheeler where I live. That's what we called them. Three wheelers. Oh, I remember three wheelers. Yeah. Yeah. It was a Honda big red. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and so he had one, it was a sport model, but anyway, we had this huge ice and snowstorm that year. And, um, uh, I don't know if anyone, uh, I'm sure you're aware if you're out at nighttime and there's a full moon or something, you can see for a long distance and, and see when shapes. And yeah. When there's snow on the ground, it's like, it yeah. like reflects. It's the, a contrast, you know, a perfect contrast. And so we were out and, you know, the lights on those, those vehicles weren't very bright, but you know, like I said, the moonlight was out bright. And so there was this trail and I'm not going to name it either just for the simple fact of the name of it. <laughs> um, Did it have an ominous name like the devil's trail or something like that? Oh no, no, no. Oh, okay. No, it was, okay. It was kind of silly, man. It, it sounds, it makes a it, even worse country. Yeah. Don't worry <laughs> okay, about it. Don't worry, I'll just, I'm sorry. I'll throw it out there anyway. It was called, watermelon lane that was the name of the place okay, okay? i got you <laughs> and anyway i'm not sure how it got the name other than there was probably a lot of pregnancies that happened on the other side of this long trail that came out on another road so 
<laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so anyway, you know, we, we frequented that trail every day of our lives, basically. You know, we, we would sit down there and smoke cigarettes and, you know, chew tobacco, whatever was, what, what whatever we had at the time. And, uh, you know, we were, we were, we were typical teenage boys. And, uh, but we were going down this trail that night and I saw Bigfoot. Matter of fact, he saw it before I did. And there was this, it was the road sort of, or the trail sort of zigzagged down this hillside. And then it flattened out and went through a creek and you would go up the other side and it was like really steep and a lot of like uh, ruts and things in it, you know, to have to try to navigate around to get up the other side. Was this at well, night? There, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And, and so we were out there, it was probably, I don't know, one thirty, maybe one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. And, you know, we was just out having fun. And he, he was like, he looked back at me and I looked at him and I'm like, what are we actually seeing here? <laughs> and, uh, the thing is, it wasn't scary. It wasn't like I've heard a lot of people and their Bigfoot sightings, man, it's always been fascinating to me. But at that time period, uh, in, in, in the nineties, Bigfoot was not really a thing, man. Like it was uh, where I'm from. A lot of people never talked about it. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a thing. The only thing Bigfoot we knew about was the monster truck, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, you but know, that was, it was a thing. It's just that there wasn't a lot about it on the internet. There are no TV shows and in your right. area, there wasn't a lot of like people telling Yeah, I get that. Yeah, we had we had like three TV channels, you know, on on the rabbit ears. That was as good as it got. And uh, so, you know, I grew up without cable. Even my parents didn't get cable till I'd done moved out. So, but uh, you know, here this thing was, and I can describe it to you perfectly, and and the oddity about it. What struck me the most was the leg, and and its shoulder. That's the two things out of this, this whole event that really struck me. And I estimated because of the, the height of this little cliff that went around the edge of this creek that this thing was walking, it never looked at us, never acknowledged that we were there, nothing. It was like, don't see me, basically. That was, was kind of like the feeling, and we were like, okay, we'll act like we didn't see you because <laughs> we didn't want people to think we were crazy, you know? Uh, yeah. But it, it, it really didn't spook us that bad. It was just like, did we really just see this thing, you know? And that was all there was to it. Well, but, what uh, about the, the shoulders and legs uh, stood yeah. out? Yeah, that's, that's the, that's the kicker. Uh, <sighs> the thing I remember about it that was so strange, the shoulder was about the size of the bottom of a five-gallon bucket. And I don't really know anyone walking around today that has a shoulder the size of a five-gallon bucket, you know, uh, and and not then especially. <laughs> I mean, maybe roid use now might get someone close to that. I don't know. So extremely broad shoulders. Yes, yes. Um I couldn't see the face. I couldn't really even see its head. It was 
you know, you could tell it had a head, but it was forward and down. And what I recall being the, the strangest of its features was it's the length between its knee and its foot was shorter than someone's forearm. It was real short and it had this really long upper legs. So it's, it's from the knee to the foot was shorter was, in proportion than a, a human. Oh, yeah. Be. Yeah. I mean, it was like really noticeably short. And, and what I saw it uh, when I got older and I've seen the Bigfoot shows and all these things, to me, that makes sense why it walks the way it does. It doesn't really walk with a stoop because it's like a gorilla. It walks that way because its shin, you know, its shin bone or its l- lower leg bone is shorter than other uh, primates or humans or whatever. And so, you know, it, it walked, it, it never threw its leg completely out as it walked. I mean, we saw it for a total of probably, probably less than a minute. And, you know, I have this um, kind of like a photographic memory, especially since what happened as a kid when I was 12. So those things, you know, it plays through my head every time I think of it, just like a movie. And I, I never, ever saw it throw its foot directly out. It was always like a bouncing step with each step. It had a long stride, but it never had this, you know, it never like through that front leg, you know, the leg going out straight out. It was more of just a, a bended step, you know, and that that's kind of why. I think people has explained Bigfoot with having this kind of a hunched, you know, uh, gait, I guess you would say. But uh, that's the only time I've ever saw it. And um, after that, uh, we had a lot of trees get, you know, had uh, broken off and fell over our trails and things. And uh, this one evening, we'd been cutting out the trail all day. and. my friend, he, he uh, got the chainsaw hung in a tree that uh, we was trying to cut in half that was on the trail. And so he had to go back to his house to get a wedge in order to get the chainsaw free. Well, I was sitting there waiting on him and I had this, and that's the only time I ever had this feeling like something was watching me. I don't know if maybe I just had that, you know, the, the thought of what we'd seen struck me or it was actually something watching me you know but well that was i've only- had that happen <clears throat> and since we saw nothing i pretty much grew up in the woods when i was a kid in alabama northern alabama mm-hmm. and now that i think about it i know something was watching us it's weird you there's a there's kind of like a defense mechanism your soul has that tells you hey a predator's around or something yeah it's a it's it's just an uneasy feeling but you don't like like for me i didn't feel threatened but it felt like you know um i probably didn't need to do anything stupid right (laughs) you know and uh, you know you can even do that with humans i can tell in a crowded room if somebody's looking at me yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean that that's definitely true. Um you know, and I think uh people with that are empaths 
And I think you mentioned that that's sort of something that runs in your family as well. Um, I think that's a heightened sense that comes with that, you know, and that, that actually may be even more, uh, the reason why I pick up on all these paranormal events that I've actually experienced in life. Now I told you before the show that I, you know, had done paranormal research and stuff. Uh, that was back in about 2008, uh, up to about 2010. And, um, I have a lot of footage and things like that, um, from it. And I used to have it on a, on a channel of mine on YouTube that I ain't going to mention right now. Um, but, uh, did you want to real quick while you brought that up? Did you want to mention the channel, the other channel that you do have? If not, it's up to you. I just want to give you a um, chance. Man, I don't know in the times we're living in, if it okay. would even be beneficial to anyone. I mean, no problem. You know, yeah, it's, it's not really, I'm, I'm not about the, the recognition or anything, you know, right. it's a, uh, but my thing is this, um, uh, I guess the big takeaway is these events, these things that we think are borderline craziness, madness, whatever you'd like to call it are probably more real than some of the things we see every day. Like, um, at least how we perceive them. See, um, through my research and stuff, um, my theories lead me to believe that the veil is like the air that we breathe. It's that thin. It's, I mean, it, there's really that much between us and the other world on the other side of all this. And so, um, as you were, we were talking earlier about uh, paranormal with like uh, entities and things people are seeing when they're doing these paranormal research uh, shows and things like that. A lot of that stuff is hoaxy stuff. You know, I mean, we, we made that, we talked about that as well. And not to be critical of the people with the shows because, hey, man, they're doing a hell of a lot better than I am in life. <laughs> but you well, know, it's, it really uh, does seem like the producer has to make sure something happens on every episode yeah, or there'd be yeah, nothing. Which is yeah. utterly ridiculous. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, and, and, and as we were saying, you know, like the, they would, what was that? And then they would cut to the commercial and you were like on the edge of your seat, like, Oh man, we're going to see something cool come back. And it's like a rat run across a, across the board or something. And, uh, I mean, it's just, and then, uh, I'm not going to mention the name of the group, but the guy is a fashionista or a big fashion type. Um, and he's well known still for his paranormal things. Um, I actually met one of his team, uh, at a convention thing and they were really nice guys and stuff, but you know, the, the show was just kind of utter ridiculousness you know uh i've seen one show that i'm well convinced uh they actually had a uh, event happen that i think did do something to to them and um i guess well, i'm probably giving it away if i mention it so well okay, yeah you so, don't have to do that so, but what i wanted to ask you was uh what was the um strangest thing you guys saw when 
y'all went out investigating Joe City thing? Um, yeah, I mean, I have, uh, geez, man, I've got a hard drive completely full of stuff. Um, which I've one kind of sticks I, out? Yeah, um, the one I do recall the most, uh, there was a house in an area a few uh, counties away from where I live. And we, uh, I had been asked by another paranormal team to come assist on it because I did house blessings and, um, you know, would pray over people and that sort of thing. And so me and one of my team went with them on this paranormal uh, investigation. Real quick. Because I feel some responsibility here. I don't want to interrupt you, but sure, would sure. you advise people to go do that? Absolutely no. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I, either. I, I'd like to just point that out that don't go poking at bears, folks. It, it's it 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 seems to be a lot of fun, and it look. I mean, it it does have that luster to it, and that whole you know adrenaline thing to it but i'm telling you it will jack your life up and, and and it can very easily and so i definitely do not recommend it it's i know that sounds cliche but yeah but you can bring uh things home with you you know yes all and, kinds. and you don't want that with your family right no at all um so anyway so, you guys were at this house yes we uh we arrived at this house um I want to say it was around 9 p.m. And there was this huge, huge thunderstorm brewing, right? And so uh, here comes another cliche movie moment for you. So you remember the movie <laughs> Poltergeist, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, so let's say, was it was it Poltergeist 2 that the old man that had cancer that passed away Shortly after filming it, uh, the one that had like the cult or something. Remember the creepy old guy? He came up to the house. Yes, uh, had, he was wearing like a black on. suit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I get out of the vehicle and we're carrying in our gear. And so I'm walking up the, the walkway to the home and I, the lightning flashes and I catch a glimpse of a man standing in the front yard, which that's, that's about as good of a, a reference as I can give you as to what I seen that night. Which you know, I'm, standing I'm going to say again, not good. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, this is going <laughs> to be good. eventful. Right. You know, if I'd been a rookie, <laughs> I'd probably got back in the vehicle and said, well, I'm going home now. <laughs> So, you know, we got in there, we got set up and everything. And, uh, uh, the backstory to it is the kid, one of the kids bedrooms was having, uh, activity. Like it was scaring, you know, this kid to death, you know, all this stuff happening and, uh, toys getting thrown around. Uh, I think maybe the kid maybe had been attacked at some point. So the family so, left and let you guys come in. Uh, they, they wanted to stay, which oh, okay. I understand that, you know, yeah, okay. I, obviously we, we did want them to be there because that way they could tell us the areas that were the most troublesome. And right. I also wanted to be able to speak with them if I had some sort of question about anything. So 
they they were there and they observed what we did you know and they stayed and they were actually really cool you know they were really cool about what what went on there and so we were there i don't know several hours and had nothing happen we'd even uh set up some uh, toys and things in the hallway tried to pick up some things and we didn't even get you know uh, usually on film you know you'd at least get like a light ball which i always consider to be dust unless there was something happened that was um Orbs can be tricky. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the only way I would ever consider an orb to be something paranormal would be if the camera dropped battery really fast, you know, the battery got drained or uh, the camera just shut down or something. Right. And, and we had had that happen before, um, in some of our investigations. So none of that really had happened. It was kind of dry. You know, I was kind of getting bored to be honest. And so, I don't know. It was, um, I want to say after midnight or so, uh, the father came home and, uh, he was there and he was like walking around. He just like comes in, starts walking around. He's telling us what's going on and stuff. And I'm in their bedroom and, uh, we'd been doing, we'd set up a ghost box, which, uh, to the viewers, that's maybe not aware of what a ghost box is. It's white noise on a AM radio station. And you have to set those up to, um, you have to set that up so that it will, it will not actually land on any station. It will continuously scan. Do they, and they kind of randomly scan the AM band? Yes. Is that? It okay. just scans the AM band, and if if there's any paranormal activity, activity, it can speak through that white noise. That's how they say, you know, that it's supposed to work that way. And you know, I was, mm, I'm going to say fifty fifty on the ghost box thing before that night. So, I always carried a. I had a pewter a pewter cross that I always kept with me and I carried around in my hand along with my camera and flashlight or whatever. So anyway, this guy comes in, he starts walking around and, um, just before that over in the, the child's bedroom, we had this, I mean, it was like this demonic cackling sound come out of the, the ghost box. And I'm like, okay, that's not, that ain't even right. Like, you know, so I'm like, well, things are about to get crazy. I just had this gut feeling. I'm like, you know, here we go. And I'm, so, I'm scared right now. Just uh, hearing that. <laughs> yeah. And it started saying things like F Jesus. And oh, uh, no, that, that was only after prompting. Uh, one of the other investigators said, do you know the name of Jesus? And it said, and I, I kid you not, replied, F Jesus. Wow. And I mean, at that point, I was like, oh, this ain't good at all. And, and okay, this may be hard to believe. I'm, I may still have the picture somewhere. My pewter cross broke in my hand. Like, I didn't bend it. It broke. It just, I don't know if it was because it was pewter. Maybe I just, it was one of those moments where I'm like, you know, having too much of a, 
you know, maybe no, it was just I, me. I doubt it. The the timing there's too. Yeah, uh, that's what I thought as well. And it, it actually smelled terrible. Like, you know, jewelry will. It's not clean silver jewelry and stuff. But this thing had a unearthly stink to it after that. Okay. So I kept it in like a little brass box for a long time after this. But anyway, that happened. And pewter and crosses so, aren't that cheap. You know, pewter costs a little bit, you know, right? It, yeah, I mean, it was made well, you know. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have thought it was just gave out on me. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's not every day a metal cross just gives out on you. But <laughs> so real quick, uh, so, did it bend or did it did it break? Oh, it broke. Okay. Yeah, it, it it was like something, you know, like you take a spoon and you bend it back and forth till it breaks. It was that sort of thing. Gotcha. Um, so this guy, he's he's like uh, walking around in the hallway right after this. You know, we're still tripping about the, the ghost box thing. Okay, so uh, most of the investigators were in that room. I'm over in his bedroom. and just taking pictures, you know, after that happened. And he's like with his hands out. I don't know why he's doing this. And he's like talking to this thing. He's like, I want you out of here right now. I'm like, man, listen to me. But I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Don't talk to him. He's like, I'm on a, I want it out of here now. And he got like kind of um, disheveled, you know, I mean, he was, he was like actually just fed up with this, you know, and he didn't want to listen. And so he, without my advice, he went on about it and I have the video proof. I can send it to you email. Uh, I will, I will, uh, this guy walks into that bedroom and falls face first. We thought he had a heart attack and died. I mean, flat face hit the floor. Wow. And so now here's the other uh, kind of a caveat to this. The other paranormal team were made up of mostly EMTs and stuff. They did this sort of as a, a hobby side thing. You know, I did it as, you know, it was kind of a, I made it more of a, a personal thing, vendetta for myself. Hey, that's a, uh, that's <laughs> an awesome thing to have with you. Yeah. And, you know and I mean? they were like, they were like down there around him. You know, I've got, I have the video footage and everything. But um, the photos that I was taking um, when I got home and we analyzed, you know, I, I did all my own analyzing and stuff. But there was one of those orbs. Like I, uh, that was kind of my point was that whole night we didn't see orbs or anything, you know, like they had carpet and stuff. And you would usually expect to see a lot of that kind of stuff uh, from, you know, dander and stuff like that floating uh, up through there. Yeah, there was none of that. So, you know, the, the cameras were on point that night. And so he's out in the hallway talking, looking up at the ceiling, and there's this orb about the size of a dinner plate starts uh, every shot that I'm taking. And I was using, a, I believe it was with a Sony cyber shot. So it wasn't like a big, nice DSL uh, camera, but it was decent, you know. Uh, DSLR, is that right? Um, anyway, uh, I'm not every, a big camera guy, but I had a cyber shot. 
Yeah. You're right. And, that's a good little camera. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I kept taking pictures and every picture, you know, every success, uh, successive picture, this thing was getting closer to his head. And then it was like the size of a softball by the time it got to his forehead. It was getting smaller as it. Yeah. And it, it, and then he walked directly in that room and hit the floor on his face. And we thought the man had had a heart attack from undue stress because he'd just gotten off work, you know. And so so, you guys couldn't see this with the naked eye. It was caught on camera. Yes. Okay. And so um, I want to say the guy on that had came with me, one of my investigators, was rolling the camera. He started the camera up with night vision and stuff because the lights were still out and everything. We kept everything off because we didn't like electronic interference. So uh, I get down on, on the floor and I have another cross with me, fortunately, and I put it on this man and I start praying over him. And um, he's he's down for a few, you know, they're checking his pulse, man, you know, uh, everything. And they and finally, you know, I, I like rubbed on his back and stuff. I'm like, man, are you going to be OK? And then I started praying over him. And then he finally he come back up out of. it, And he's like, I don't know what happened. Uh, we, you know, we got him to his knees there and then we helped him up. He said, I don't know what happened. And, um, he said, but I want out of here. He said, I, I'm out. I want to get out of this place. And, uh, I think one of the other investigators misunderstood he, that he was wanting it out of this place. But I think he said, I want out of this place. But so before we left, I blessed the house and, um, we did a big prayer session and left and there was supposed to have been a follow up with them, but I never heard from the other group uh, how that went. So, but that was probably one of the, the harder, uh, harder hit moments that I ever experienced. Yeah. Cause one of your team members, uh, got, got temporarily disabled there, got taken out. Well, uh, you know, we're, we're, Back then, where did you come from on that? The the way I look at it is if you want to rebuke something, it's in the name of Jesus, and it's all coming from Jesus' power. You can't, absolutely, you know, right. say, like, you're the one doing it. Yeah, I'm, you, just, I'm just asking God to, through, through Jesus, to right. bless the home and to help get rid of anything, you know, because not everybody... You know, I, there's this group out called Seether. Uh, they do. A, they done a song called "Nobody's Praying for Me," and you know, I I I like that song, even though it's sort of uh, unchristianly. I guess you, <laughs> they're not exactly a Christian group, but you know, I like the song. I'm struggling because, with because that. I, I, because I, I play guitar and mm-hmm. I was saved in 2017, January. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of groups that I used to really like that, uh, you know, it's a it's a struggle. And I still listen to, you know, some bands mm-hmm. I like, but 
Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about there, too. Yeah, I mean, for me, the music part doesn't really bother me. Like, I still can listen to Marilyn Manson, Nine Inch Nails, all of them. And, and you know... Nine Inch Nails I, is really satanic. Yeah. Well, the, there it, it isn't so much satanic as it is. I think it's a struggle with God. You well, know I mean, and my mine is Black Sabbath. I can play like a lot of Black Sabbath on the guitar, yeah. and it's that's just I believe well, uh, sure, an entity ahead. helped them write some of those songs. That's how you know what I'm saying. But well, I still like to listen to them sometimes. I just, well, sure, like I said, sure. it's a struggle. But I know exactly well, what you're talking about, man. You know, for each person, I think the conviction is what matters, you know. Uh, yeah. It's, you know, if you feel that it's not something you should do, then I think that's that's probably God telling you, man, you know, it's not really good for you, you know. And so, like for me, um, I don't feel that conviction listening to these bands like Tool and, uh, you know, these heavier bands and stuff. I can listen to that music, and it doesn't really – uh, affect me in a spiritual way so to yeah speak. i was just wanting you to know i wasn't judging you like mm. I, I do the i do the same sure, thing sure. but i can tell some of black sabbath's lyrics were oh, yeah. had biblical references in there mm-hmm. that i don't think the members had read the bible <laughs> and there's some there's some lyrics in there that it would sound like a fallen angel would have uh you know, Help put in that. yeah, and they <laughs> they also, you know, Ozzy said a couple of times, I, I believe, uh, that you know he wasn't sure where his songs were coming from. So yeah, sure, and, and you know, I've heard Black Sabbath, you know, in a few interviews talk about that how they, you know, they sort of wrote the stuff as kind of like a, um an homage to society, how evil it had become and stuff. And sort of, and they sort of incorporated the, the, uh, the, I've heard them term it like horror into the music, you know, to kind of like have that dark feel. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe that was their intentions, but yeah, as you said, uh, I think there's a lot more there than, you know, yeah. Like the song Lord of this world. Uh, mm-hmm. I I just don't think they had the biblical background. No, they, they were being used as a tool, I believe. Yes, you know? totally. Again, and then that's referencing another band, obviously. But yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, uh, back to that song, nobody praying for me. You know, there's a lot of people out there that feel nobody is praying for them or nobody cares. You know, and and that's that. That was my thing. Uh, Hey, just it, just to put this out there, if anybody needs to send me an email and you need prayer, I'll do it for you. Hey, that's great, man. The abnormal truth at gmail dot com. Will you got some prayer right there? Go ahead. Um, yeah, and same here. You know, I I pray on a wide scale. Um, I do that I too. Pray. Do you pray over for your for your town and? I pray. Yeah. I pray for the, I pray for the world, man. Yeah. Like everyone. Yes. Uh, enemies, enemies, even though I don't really have any, what I would call mortal enemies. I pray for my enemies. I pray for those that are, yeah, you know, that's like, the way to do what's it. What's going on in America right now, the people that are starting trouble. I don't agree with what's happening, but I also 
pray for them as well. A lot of them are young and don't know better. Right, right. You know, they're they're confused and drawn into these uh, subversive groups. I think that's why it's actually turned the way it has. But we'll get off that tangent quickly here. Um, the the thing I wanted to say is, uh, you know, I listened to music and, and that song kind of rung out with me because, you know, I feel like I felt in my life like nobody cared. No one was praying for me. You were identifying. Uh, yeah, I identified with that song somewhat. And so that was my point about that home there. You know, I felt like maybe those people never had anybody pray for them, you know, or pray over their home. And so, you know, they were open to the idea. And so I did that and I felt like that was the right thing to do. And so, you know, it, if you are out there and you're into the paranormal, let me at least give you this one piece of advice. Make sure that you are spiritually sound with God before you do these things and, 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 and converse with him on whether it's the right thing to do even, because I, I came to a point where I felt as though it was the wrong thing for me to be out doing, out chasing after things that I didn't have control over. You know, that's, you know, there is a certain protection God can give you, but I think it's not wise to test how strong, you know, your faith is with these things because, um, I 100% you, you, you could be taking your yeah. whole, your, your whole household into your hands. You know, your one of your family gets, uh, demonically oppressed or, or, or something of that nature. And I mean, do you really want to live with that? You know, that's something to think about. So, but, uh, on that note, um, that person I was talking about, the paranormal team that's still on, I think still on TV and still doing paranormal research. The one place that I have seen, and I mean, I looked at that place with a sense of dread is the Heller house. Have you heard of it? Um, is it Hellier? Hellier? Describe it because I I was never the biggest. It's weird. the The word paranormal to me used to mean it's beyond normal, but now the ghost hunters have kind of taken that. And mm -hmm. I and of course I've looked into everything. I've seen ghosts. I've heard a lot of ghost stories and stuff. But if you describe it more, I, I might not <coughs> just remember the name. Um. Let me let me look real quick here. If you if you want to talk to your viewers, let me see if I can find. I, I just want to give the right name of this. Okay. Yeah, I um, would just like to say I always uh, just feel I don't know how I I would put it, but I feel just sad that people would go out and look for that. It's a very dangerous thing to do, and like Brandon said. You better have a relationship with Christ, and I don't even know if you should be doing that after that. But then again, there is that element of some of those investigators are helping the family. But you do have those investigators that are not founded in Christ, because Christ is the only thing that will defend the family or anybody from. They're scared of Christ, and it. Um, 
So uh, you have a lot of researchers that actually make things worse after they leave. And so you've got to take all of those things into account before going into people's homes and investigating. It's a, it's a serious thing that not only affects you, but could affect your family. And if you're investigating a house with a family currently living in there, having problems, it can affect them too. So I would be a real spiritual warrior before I started, you know, doing those sorts of things. Okay. Uh, I think I found it. It's, um, it's in a, a house in Gary, Indiana. Um, I was, I was thinking it was up in, in like Detroit, Michigan or around Michigan, but apparently it's, it's just called demon house. Gary, Indiana has a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah, this, this house, um, I remember seeing it. Um, I will, I'll say his name. It was Zach Baggins. I'm not a big okay. fan of his. I even know who that is, although I don't know all of right. them. I know I, you're I'm, about not a, I'm not a huge fan of his because I think there's a lot of hoax stuff going on. That's not to, you know, down him or anything, yeah, but I, I didn't I really have a lot of yeah. <laughs> overly produced things and stuff in the show. Yeah. So, and that's not to say they haven't had real things happen, but you know, I think uh, it's the nature of the beast, you know? Well, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> funny you say it that way, but yeah, <laughs> I meant to, I meant to say it that way, but go ahead. Mm -hmm. So yeah, excuse me. Um, anyway, the, that house, uh, when I first saw it, man, I was like the, even through watching it via the internet, I mean, I just had this, terrible feeling down inside you know what i mean it's just like some places you see and it's just like wow that something's wrong with that place and and i definitely believe that house there's something wrong you know if people want to look into it online you know you can find out a little about it and probably even watch the episodes online i think they're on youtube um of uh them investigating that place and if i'm not mistaken he had something happen to his eyesight while he was investigating that house. Do you know the general background to that place? Like why it was haunted? Like what, or... I, I, I really don't. I, I, it's been an, probably a year or so since I actually watched that. And, uh, and there was another house as well. Uh, someone else. Um, it, it's a little lesser known place. Um, but it is built like a cross. This, this, this house is built like a cross and there have been like suicides and that sort of thing in that house. And I mean, um, I, I've actually saw, they did some live live streaming, um, with just cameras set up inside and they had some pretty weird paranormal things happen in that house. And I bet they had some, like, Oh, that was fake. And I'm like, um, you know, from my point of view, as much footage as I've watched of real things that's happened, uh, I'm, I would say that's a at least a ninety percent chance that was real. You know? I I feel like without even knowing anything, I just feel like there's been some rituals done in that house. I I don't know. It just seems like you know right. previous owners mm -hmm. or something. But anyway, 
Sure. You know, uh, it's very likely. And we actually, we had one house that had that happen, that there had been some people dabbling in. Um, and that was very close to where I live at, as a matter of fact. And the house has been since torn down and thankfully so. Uh, but it was, I, I believe yeah, that is well, it's really more widespread and in small towns, even, uh, yeah. these, these occult groups. It, it is, um, you know, there's a lot of people don't, I, I, that I know don't really believe about these. Um, I hope when I say this, I'm not overstepping. Uh, the child sex slavery rings and the SRA stuff that's happening mm. around the country that's been yeah. going on for many years. I've talked to a lot of um, <laughs> SRA victims and I listen to a lot of accounts of that and a lot of Christians and churches will not ever speak of it and they don't even believe that it goes on totally oblivious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... It was sort of hoaxy uh, back in the eighties. There was I, a big yeah, I believe craze of that you know. But no, I believe really no, I believe the media poo pooed all that, and I, all that was actually going down. I've looked into that. I want to say McMartin was yeah, that it yeah, was the like the preschool and then or Johnny Gosh. Johnny Gosh was yeah, horrible. yeah. Uh, I believe uh, all that stuff was actually going down and they got away with it. That's, that's yeah. my take for my, yeah, Johnny gosh was a real thing that happened and that boy uh, never was found. Right. So, you know, um, I've, I've seen some interviews with the, the SRA victims and you can tell, um, I, I've studied a lot of different areas of parapsychology and, and even, uh, how to, how to be able to tell from people's body language a lot of times if they're lying. Yeah. And that, that takes quite a lot of time to learn that, but, uh, you know, it's, it's really interesting to learn that the, the microaggressions and things that people show. Well, um, I used to moderate this ch uh, voice chat room in the early two thousands for about three or four years. And people that saw UFOs and where abductees would come in. Mm -hmm. And I got good at it just from all the hundreds of people I talked to. You can and, tell whether they yeah, were just and it may be a part of being slightly empathic too. Just yeah, it gives you a little edge. Yeah. I mean, in order to kind of see where you know you kind of can feel you know mannerisms and things people say makes you know. A lot of times it makes a big difference that way. But, you know, for me, the uh, the microaggressions give people away. You know, if you can actually see someone speak. Right. You're going to see things that are like, wow. You know, it's like, did they really just lie that hard in front of a camera? You know, it's <laughs> like, and, and especially about something of that nature. I mean, that's just like, to me, that's a forbidden thing to go that route. You know, it's like. Yeah, to, to lie on that extent, you know, about something that that serious, you know, and like, you know, I'm, I was thinking about it before I started doing these interviews. There's probably going to be a little disclaimer in front of the video saying, you know, if 
tried to vet everyone, but it's impossible to vet everybody 100%, and people are just going to have to make up their minds on whether right. or not they believe, right. I guess. And I don't have one ounce of doubt on what everything you just told me tonight. So, yeah, I that's mean, my opinion. And, and, you know, I know it's a lot to take. You know, I mean, I have not for had me. a, a not very for me. vivid life. You know, it's, it's for me, uh, some days it's one of those things where the best I can do is kind of laugh about it. Like, have I really... <laughs> You have to sometimes. I'm the, just I'm to, the guy that saw Bigfoot, Goatman, mm-hmm. and and had you know paranormal experiences that is just mind blowing. You know, like well, real quickly because we're coming mm-hmm. up towards sure, two I'm hours, sorry. which is awesome. I love to have. <laughs> this is why I want to do this. It's basically I just want to talk to people. But um, do you know at what point? you actually became a Christian? Like, did something happen to you? Do you want to talk about that at all? A little bit of your testimony? Because I always think oh, that's sure. an awesome thing to hear, and I'm probably going to give mine at some point. Absolutely. Um, yeah. In around um, about 2001 or so, um, I had, you know, this was, you know, the, the whole 9-11 thing happened and all that. And it, it really caused a lot of uh, mental distress on me, as I'm sure it did most people living in that in that time period. Um, but at, just after that, you know, the, the whole wars and everything started breaking out and all that. And even with that, you know, I wasn't really sh- struck that much by the wars or anything. And so... Um, I think the pivotal moment for me was, is, uh, I had a friend that I worked with at, uh, the, the factory uh, that I was working in. We started riding to work together, doing ride share. And, um, he, uh, came from a Christian home and his father was a actual preacher. And, uh, we started talking and I found out that he had basically put his Bible under the bed. He was done with Christianity because of a bad marriage that had happened to him. I mean, he, he just, you know, it was like a a dark time in his life before he started working at the place we were working. And so, uh, I had all these questions. And so we would have these long talks, you know, because where we worked at was like an hour and a half drive. So we, you know, each way we had a good, time to be able to talk about this stuff and the odd thing is i helped bring him back to christ for from having you know all this animosity towards god uh him seeing my fervor and wanting to find out about god because i mean i just had this feeling of man i was i was damned you know like there was this over i can't really tell you what set it off i i just you know, I'd had all these dreams. I think we mentioned that in the pre-show thing. Yeah. Um, that I'd had all these dreams about the end of the world and, and things like that. But I wasn't raised as a Christian. Obviously, I had seen things about revelation and that sort of thing. But none of it had really stuck with me. So I felt like that maybe God was trying to tell me something. 
and, and it just kept weighing on me. And so he helped me understand the Bible. And in doing so, I helped him back to Christ. And he helped me to Christ for the first time. And That's awesome. Yeah, I, I had actually uh, been involved in a church and they weren't teaching salvation properly. Uh, and, and it was really hard for me to see past it. Like me and him actually had some arguments over it. And I was like, the thing was, I wasn't actually arguing with him. I was arguing with scripture. Yeah. And there's a lot of people may disagree with me. You as well may. And that's fine. I mean, I don't look down on anyone for that. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, you're going to hell right. because you don't believe the way I do. <laughs> well, I have to I say, I don't think that way. You know, it's not how I'm, that's the, not how the way I'm. I've always looked at it is you shouldn't <clears throat> Christians shouldn't argue over anything, but salvation is one of it's those critical. things. It is. That's the, the most important thing. I don't see how it gets misconstrued, but it does. And if you yes. really care somebody about somebody, you want them to really get it. And I well, would just like to say my stance is by faith alone and not by faith and works and not by faith in yourself. It's, right. it's, it's all him, but go ahead. Well, the, the belief that I have through scripture, and this is going by, uh, all of new Testament, which if most of your listeners out there have not ever known about the Bible, everything except the, um, the gospels, are letters to certain people. So when you read the Bible, what you have to understand is who is it written to? What is the point behind it? You know, and, and, and was it for that time or later? So that's how you rightly divide the word. But let me, if you don't mind, can I read a short scripture? Sure, go ahead. Uh, it's out of first Peter three. It's first uh, Peter three, 17 through 21. And the scripture goes as this. I use a New American Standard Bible. Uh, it reads really easy for me. So it, uh, it says, for it is better if God should will it so that you suffer for doing what is right rather than for doing what is wrong. For Christ also died for our sins once and for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which also he went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison, meaning in Hades, who once were disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were saved I'm sorry, were brought through, through safely through the water. Corresponding to that, baptism now saves you, not the removal of the dirt of the flesh, but the appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that verse is overlooked 
by so many people. They, they can't believe that baptism is as important as it is because, well, first of all, that would knock out all of your televangelists. Right. Um, they don't preach baptism. Um, and I found out where that started from, the preaching of using only Romans 10, 9, which is, you know, confess by mouth and you will be saved, you know. Right. You have to understand that that was Paul talking to the church, which had already been baptized. In uh, Christ. Right. That that had been that had fell back into their sins. That's what Romans six was about. He was he was he was rebuking them back to the church. And so Romans 10 is him once again rebuking them. If you confess by mouth that Jesus is Lord, the Christ, you will be saved. And some people have cherry picked that and they've used it as their own doctrine. And, and let me tell you, the devil is in every church in America. Yeah. He's just waiting. He's waiting to deceive us all. And I mean, it's that serious. Your, your soul, there's a fight for your soul every moment of the day. And there's a spiritual war going on everywhere. Absolutely. And I mean, as far as testimonies go, um, I had never felt saved. Like I, I had went through all the motions. I'd shook the, pre, uh, shaking the preacher's hand. I'd done, you know, the little prayer and all this stuff. And, and I never felt saved. Something was wrong. And that's what started the conversation with my friend. And, uh, finally in, and, um, it was actually on good Friday of, uh, 2003, I was baptized into Christ. And I'm telling you, it was like I sat down a bag of bricks before the, the cross. And uh, prior to that, you asked the question, was there something led me to that moment? Well, I'd had a dream about three weeks before that. And I, I was in this dark place and Christ was on the cross and all, I couldn't see his face. I just knew it was him because he was on a cross. And his toes were like at, at like eye level. And I saw this long, muddy road behind him, and it was like knee-deep mud. It was just crazy. you know. And I, it took me several weeks to figure out what the dream was about. And it, what I came to the conclusion was is that God was telling me the road to follow Christ was going to be hard, long and hard. And it has been. You know, I'm, I'm 41 now. And it has. It's been an up and down battle. I've had to battle everything. I've battled the bottle. I've battled, you know, uh, the the cursing thing. You know, I mean, well, it's just a lot of people don't know. Uh, most of us go through some trials by fire after being <clears throat> saved. Those sure are enough. you get tested, and entities don't want that to happen, so they. They tempt you and test you and, and bother you and oppress you probably more than any other time. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It's not like, well, you get saved and your troubles go away, as some televangelists might have you believe it. Yeah, I. But, what's really sad is is I do not attend a church, and I've been saved for a little over three years now, maybe three and a half years, mm -hmm. and it's just because I know that I don't know if a church within driving distance of me that 
that I would be happy with. You know what I'm saying? I, well, sure. Yeah. And I, I go through the same struggle. Uh, that's sort of my problem right now. There's a lot of churches. And I want I the fellowship. I want the fellowship. Yeah. I, I really do. That. I want my mm-hmm. daughter to experience it, but I almost wish I could find some uh, house church somebody is having, you know, because I just, I don't believe most of them are, are uh, feeding the people meat. You know, it's only milk and or that, prosperity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what they did, right, at the beginning. Yeah, they, they went from home to home. And, uh, you know, obviously we can't sell all of our belongings. No one's really willing to do that. And But, of course, in, in that time period, you're, you're looking at a whole different system. Well, also, had, if if I knew Jesus, I I would have done it. If right. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, well, if he I was mean, there, man. Uh, in their time period, man, they're you know you're talking serious poverty, and, yeah, and, and that sort of thing. And it it was mainly the 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 thing to sell all your belongings and and make sure that no one in the church was without. Well, that was the main point. They would have had to sold everything they had. To, to help each other out because you know they really didn't have much to begin with well now so, a lot of churches have big money in the bank right and yeah. and, the, and that leads to some problems that and you know i'm not judging the churches i'm saying they don't it doesn't seem right for me i don't yeah. feel the i don't feel the love i feel uh there's this universal religion moving into so many of them and the universalist style of religion is very dangerous to Christianity itself. Um, you start going down the road of evangelical and all these things. Um, you know, I, I'm, I don't align myself to any other church than just uh, say, uh, I don't even, I wouldn't say I have a denomination, but I guess if you wanted to put a tag on it, I would say Church of Christ or Christian fundamental church you know yeah i just can i don't call myself religious at all because i get that distinction i'm just a christian yeah no i i don't have that at all um you know there's i think there's catholics and stuff that are looking for things you know they're looking for the right path i think a lot of them are are disillusioned don't get me started on on that one uh i think i think you should run from that if you're in that it that is just the worst but you know i have known some catholics that really do seek the truth it's just hard to get away from it you know because they were brought up in that in that in that sort of uh uh, well i've talked to so many people that were in that specific denomination that it made them run from Oh yes, yeah, you know? yeah. I, I mean, agree with you. Yeah, I've met those as well, man. It's a it's a mixed bag. Yeah, there's some dark things behind the whole. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually have met one true Jesuit in my lifetime. You know, we were talking about Freemasonry. I actually met one true Jesuit. Um, uh, I won't go into it, but I met one and. It was a very uncomfortable uh, couple hours that I was in the presence of this guy. And, wow. uh, you know, they, they are sort of, um, if you've ever read the Jesuit oath, it's, it's, it's really. I haven't. 
scary. It's scary. Yeah, I, I it took me a while to kind of really understand what they were. And I guess they, the they shortcut nobility of Catholicism. Right. And like and, a black army almost. Uh yeah, I mean they're they're the uh, the masons of the Catholics. Their 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 hands is in everything. Yeah, and you, I mean, it's hard to imagine. Yeah, and, uh, the uh, they're one of one of their parts of their oath is, you know, willing to dash a a baby against a wall and kill it. And I mean, you can look it up online. Wow, Jesuit oath. Yeah. Yeah. I suggest that for anyone that's like, you know, wanting to know who these people are and if they know one, I wouldn't confront them unless you are spiritually sound and you uh, are probably armed. <laughs> Not even kidding. Yeah, that's yeah, I wouldn't advise that. That's but yeah, they can make your life pretty terrible. I might look into that oath, and I might not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, worth looking at just to see what they're actually about. But yeah. that is, uh, it's 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 mind blowing that anyone could use the name of Christ alongside mm. well, dashing a, a child, an infant, against the wall. You know? What could possibly be behind that? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, just think about it. What? Oh, that is. Yeah, I've never heard that before. That's, you know, and, and that's the thing. Um, one other point there, and I'll shut up and let you give your testimony there, sir. Uh, well, I'm probably not going to do that tonight, but I'll, I give the short of it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, one other thing there to, to extrapolate about that sort of stuff. Uh, I don't think people understand either the, the very essence of, the darkness that actually surrounds us as human beings. And I mean, it leads right back to the very point of the story when I, you know, about the goat man, I think it led me in a certain direction. And at some point God seen that I was heading in a direction that maybe I couldn't come back from. I don't know, but I will tell you, that there are things that are as real as we are right now having this conversation. And that if, if you feel something deep down that God's trying to tell you, there's a faint voice inside you. Sometimes you think it's your own voice, but sometimes it's God talking to you and he's telling you to get away from something, you know? And if, if you feel it, a lot of times you're going to save yourself a whole lot of backtracking if you just, you know, get away from whatever uh, situation you're in. If it's if it's uh, you're a person that drinks, I'm not telling you that you can't have a drink, but I'm telling you if you allow yourself to become a, a drunkard, uh, find yourself at the bottom of a bottle every time you turn around, it's going to be hard to come back out of that bottle, you know. And if God tells you don't do it. Uh, you keep going. It's a, it's those less, those hard lessons that you never forget. Let me tell you that that's a quote of my mother. She said, the hardest lessons you'll ever learn are the ones that you, uh, I'm sorry, self-taught lessons are the ones you never forget. There you go. Yeah. I, I do <laughs> believe, uh, Jesus does help us out. 
Yes. And save us from death and all kinds of things. I think he can see it all. And I've heard some amazing testimonies about exactly that. Oh, yes, absolutely. And so, I mean, yeah, listen, have ears. <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah, this is this has been amazing, man. I'm I, I'm really thrilled that you uh, had me on. This has been and, uh, very insightful and and a great experience for me too. I'm I'm so glad you emailed me, uh, and I appreciate you coming on and telling your life story. This is exactly the uh, first kind of encounter video and uh, that I wanted to do. So I'm I'm thrilled you got a hold of. Yeah, I was I was kind of uh, drawn to you, man. When I saw that, you know, I was subscribed to you already, um, and I saw your your video from uh, was it last night that you put that out or yeah. yesterday? Yeah. And I was like, man, I feel compelled to tell him about this. You know, it's like, you know, I've, I've actually wanted to tell someone, you know, and and see how it went. Well, but, uh, I'll tell you my, uh, really my agenda here is I've always asked people around me, you know, about the strange things that's happened to them. Mm -hmm. And I really would just love to have people email me and tell me their stories. And if they want to come on and tell it, uh, I've always thought that that would be really cool. It is. That's you know, it's really a good. I, I think that's a cool idea. I mean, and I could learn, and 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 I could uh, maybe tell some people what I think that happened to them, and um, that's it's something that's been put on me to do. I kind of stopped making videos for a while, and uh, mm -hmm. I got saved like in the middle of my channel. You can probably oh, tell see. by looking at because I didn't that, that even must be why I hadn't really seen much from you there for uh, you know like the last I don't know why, like some people's feed doesn't come up in my yeah. videos as often right but and it, it was really strange I hadn't seen anything from you in a long time on my feed and all of a sudden it popped up and I was like hey, I'm gonna check this out you know I'm, I was tired of looking at all the riots and things yeah people need a break from from that. Definitely. yeah you know we we need to be human even in in human times it seems like uh, i mean humanity has has really taken a turn and i think what we've talked about tonight is actually if you think about 40 years you know or 41 years um uh, I'm, I'm only 41 in a lot of people's eyes you know hey he's getting old you know he's getting some age on it but, you know, the thing is, I've, I, I feel like I've lived 70 years, you know, like easily. Yeah. And, and we're, we're, you know, you've had experiences, I've had experiences, and no doubt your listeners have as well. And I think the things that we're watching now on television is this apex, this conglomeration of all the bad of the world is happening at this point. And there are hidden hands that are making this happen. I mean, you have to look at the timing. It's, it's look, the, look it's at the, the beginning of the B system, man. That's, that's what I'm yeah, getting I mean, from it. I, I, I really, I don't know. I, I, I hate to try to 
you know, go off into that that realm of it, you know, because I, I you got to understand, like uh, my spiritual beliefs. I'm I'm still learning. I'm I still consider myself a, a babe in Christ, you know, even as long as I've been saved. I'm still learning because like every time I turn around, it's like a back start relearning again, you know, because you do that. You, 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 you backstep, you backtrack. It happens to all of us. You know, that's why I said no Christian, you know, is infallible. So, you know, that's the whole thing. That's the reason we need Jesus and we need God so badly. Yeah. I think that's the whole point. None (laughs) of us would make it without him. Absolutely. Some people, almost teach that you have to be infallible and they never reach it. So they give mm-hmm. up and that's some yeah, bad teaching. It's this whole, uh, uh, like pharisaical type thought that, that, that's being pushed on people. Like we need to walk around with our hands together in prayer all hours of the day and night. And, you know, like my, my relationship with God is, is I'll talk to God through the day in my mind, you know, it's like me and him's having conversations. Like, I'm like, what do you think about this God? You know, it's like, does, isn't this kind of what you were showing us, you know, and that sort of thing, you know, I, I can't explain it to where it probably sounds. No, I do that remotely, too. It's called having you know, a relationship to Christ right, without religion. And, <laughs> right. And that's, that's where you need to be. It's not sure. just about going to a building. Yes, that is that is absolutely right. There's 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 churches all over this country with the word church on the outside, but it doesn't mean they're actually telling you <clears throat> what they need to tell you to get you to heaven. You know, that's the thing. That's the common denominator. That is I, that's why I said the devil is in every church, and especially those. You know, if if you go back in history. Uh, used to a, ch- a church building was called a meeting house because we are the church. And when we go there, that's a meeting place for the church. When two and so more now gather. it's like, it's been, it's double speak, man. Mm-hmm. That's the evil of it. It's turned, it's been turned around. The devil likes to turn everything upside down. Um, and if you ever want to have a, a conspiracy show, Believe me, sir, I can give you two hours or more of that as well. <laughs> yeah, well, we might have you back on because uh, I yeah, can talk about uh, that all day long, too. It's a, it's a very important topic also. Yeah, I'm very I'm very versed in, in targeted uh, individuals. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, anything from 5G, the vaccines, the... the um, silent weapons for silent wars. Yep. What's happened in in California with the wildfires? Yep. You name it, man. I mean, and we can go any direction you want to go. So awesome! If you ever want to have me back on, and can and your viewers don't hate me for <laughs> rattling my Kentucky accent for two hours, then oh, that's not going to happen. I this show is for people that don't. That having a still have an attention span. Yeah, got you. And got you. I I like to listen to our longer videos. Most videos I watch and the channels I do watch. Wait, wait, uh, wait! 
this is not going to be on TikTok. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's amazing. I know what TikTok is. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> but, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat, my friend. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's just the way I have to put it out. This is for people that may like to lay down and just listen to something or do something else. Sure. They don't necessarily you know, have to watch it. They can just well, listen. I, I used to be a huge fan of Coast to Coast AM. Me too, uh, and I can't stand to listen I, to I, it I can't. Anymore. It's got, so, it's got mm-hmm. so into this new age mantra. Yes. I, just can't, I can't do it anymore. You know, what has like, not been taken over? You know? I don't know anymore. You know, it's like used to, I got this X files feeling when, when the coast to coast AM would come on, I'd be like, mm-hmm. it's going to be David Pilates and, and missing four one one. And then hey, that guy's in, interesting. You know, man, I, I have like, I have more interviews and I care to mention of stuff that he's, yeah. And I hate to say this about the guy because it's kind of an ad hominem attack, but George Snorri is terrible for that show. Um, yeah. To me, George, George Knapp makes you feel like you're in a real radio show. You know, he's right. got that voice. He's like, you know, from the my hometown of sex scene. You know, you know, it's I, met, but, you I know. met George Norrie when I was managing these tech shops in the airport. I actually met him. <laughs> wow. Uh, was he a pretty nice guy? Yeah, or? yeah. He was looking for uh, a certain kind of cell phone case mm. and uh, for like an X or something. And I knew we didn't have it because I was the one doing all the ordering. And, sure, I, sure. and I must have sounded weird because I was like, I know this guy. And I just was like, no, we, we don't have that case. And he had kind of a puzzled look on his face, like, you're not even going to look. And I was like, well, I, I, I order all the case. You know, I, I can't carry every single case for it. But sure. uh, after he talked a little more, I was like, oh, you're George Nori. Wow. <laughs> and now I yeah. can't stand to listen yeah. to it. There's a, oh, it's, um, you know, I'm sorry, but. He, he, he sort of goes with every wind, you know, it's like, uh, I've heard him talk to people that are Christians or, or at least remotely Christian based. And he'll like, you know, he, he sort of, you know, works things over with them. And then there's the whole, you know, he takes it over to the new age mm-hmm. and he has, you know, I know he has to have a diverse uh, selection on there with the, the psychics and all that. They do that every year. The psychic, uh, what is it? Predictions for the coming year and all that. But, well, you know, if you're an author, you know, the the show was awesome. It used to be. If you're an author or something like that, then it's a big deal to go on that show. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're going to be selling tons of books. Yeah. And you'll, (laughs) you'll bend over backwards. Keep going on there. Sadly. I always like to listen to Tom Horn. I like, yeah. I mean, even though I don't align myself necessarily with his views, I really like to listen to Tom Horn. And, uh, it was really sad that he lost his, uh, partner that, uh, wrote with him, uh, Chris, I can't remember his name now, but he lost him. I think this past, uh, maybe the year before last, right. Or maybe, maybe even this past year. And, 
yeah, I always like to listen to, to uh, Tom Horn and, uh, but you know, they get into the gematria and into the astrology stuff, man. And we're told to stay away from that kind of, we thing. are it's now, now uh, on a, on a tan, on a, on a, the caveat to that is there are signs in the sun, moon and stars. I don't, I don't deny that aspect, but when well, you that's start, what God says they're for. Right, exactly. But when you go basing, you know, like you're going to be able to predict something off of them, that's, I think, where people run themselves into trouble. You know, right. that's, that's kind of that forbidden thing that we just shouldn't be playing with. Yeah, I had to kick the uh, astrology habit. It never was bad, but I'd go take it every once in a while, and I just don't do it at all. Well, I mean, it's so broad swathing. Oh, I mean, yeah. So you're you're an introvert, but you also don't like to yeah. you like to be around people and I'm but, like really But then if they get you a couple of days you're like, Oh, yeah. oh wow, you know it mm -hmm. but that's not where to look. No. <laughs> you get no. a relationship with him and try to listen to him and he'll steer you in the right direction. Well, I know you can do editing and things, but I wanted to throw this out here real quick. Uh, if you don't want me to use this, but, uh, I know most people saw the, the landing or the, the takeoff of SpaceX, you know, right, yeah. with, with Elon and stuff. Did, did no one find it odd that the video feed cut whenever the rocket supposedly landed? They always the, do. The drone ship. They always do. I mean, I was like, uh, well, isn't that, uh, isn't that perfect timing? And then as soon as it cuts back, all the smoke is gone. It doesn't dissipate that quickly. The, uh, car in space. <laughs> yeah, Are you kidding yeah, me? Never, Are yeah, you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not necessarily a flat earther. I don't know. I don't know what to think about the earth. You know, I, all I know is it doesn't pertain to my salvation. And I would also recommend that, that to your, your listeners is it doesn't, it doesn't matter what your view is because well, either well, way it doesn't affect salvation. Well, more salvation and more I become skeptical what sure. actually space I, is. Yeah, I am as well. But and you know, if you're looking at it in in the Bible, does it really say? You know, I it's uh definitely something I've looked in. We'll put it that way, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, it's that's not out of the realm of possibility. And that, if they actually did change the perception of that 500 years ago. That would have, uh, if if we knew, just say for instance, that the Earth is flat. There's some, maybe some kind of dome around it, and we are the center of the universe, mm -hmm. so to speak. That would lead a lot of people to God, knowing that we're in this enclosed world, even if it's not enclosed. You know, who knows? But yeah, that, and that's uh, really an interesting take. I yeah. hadn't really thought of that. Well, I mean, you're instead, right. instead, we think that we are insignificant speck of dust. Sure, lowers in, the, in a the happenstance. 
yeah, in a happenstance, we're far away from God. But if if the world was flat and God is on the top of it, his throne is, and looking down, that's much more personable. And it's, uh, you know, that's a whole, this is a whole different ball game, you know? So you I know, don't leave that out of the realm of possibility at all. Right. And, you know, like, with Operation Paperclip, and I'm going to shut this down. I'm going to shut up soon here, I promise. But, you know, to kind of give a little taste, <laughs> with, with Operation Paperclip, when when um, NASA was first formed in, like, 1956 or whatever, uh, and they brought the Nazi scientists over here from Germany, and uh, uh, Werner von Braun, he even said himself, that they would need a rocket ship nearly the size of uh, uh, the, I think it was um, the Empire State Building in order right. to get into space, you know, yeah. actual space. And that was just from their calculations, which were medieval as to what we probably have now as far as technology, obviously. And, um, you know, uh, there's a hundred thousand so many things. Yes, there's there's a thousands of things that tell me that that's probably didn't happen. I was <laughs> I was in Tampa one morning. I had I had to go. I was working at the airport there, and I had to go in real early. I worked like twelve hour days, and so I'd get there before the sun went up, and I would leave when the sun went down. And I saw a launch. And we're getting on this tram to go to my airside, and you could see it was launching. Even people in the on the, the tram said, "Yeah, there's a launch this morning." But that thing had such a curve to it. There's no way that was going into space. Yeah, I, was, I mean, that I was even same to the SpaceX point. The other day, yeah. It was I mean, I it goes like, straight what? up for a while. But I was actually concerned back then, um, maybe 2009, uh, that, mm-hmm. that the thing it had malfunctioned. Yeah, because yeah. I realized that they are supposedly go at some angle. They don't just go straight up. I get that. You can't yeah. supposedly just break through going straight up. But this thing was going downward as far as my view was. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, and and we'll end it at this, but uh, the platform we're on here really squashed that. None of that even comes up on any of my feeds anymore <laughs> at all. Yeah, you're, you're right, you're right. And if yeah, you go everything. looking for it, you get the opposing view. If you sure, actually type sure. that in, you get the opposing view. So mm-hmm. that should tell you something. Um, I believe we should be able to talk about purple pink elephants that fly if if you want to absolutely you know Uh, and and this this platform and and what you're doing right now is i think this could actually take off for you man i mean this is um well unfortunately I i think we might have a limited time to to do this sort of thing and so I, I got some sense of urgency to do what I needed to do while I still can. Sure. And, you and know, I'm, I'm um, staying away from politics. And, yeah. And yeah, stuff that's, like that's that. 
Yeah, it's it's hard to sometimes, but I'm not really political anyway. But I, I'm, I don't I'm believe sort of in any of it. Constitutionalist myself. Yeah, but you know, I, if, I don't believe you know, in a left and a right. I think no, at this point no. it's all a show. It's, and it's them ridiculous. and it's us. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. so, but yeah, I I hope it does, and uh, I hope people send in their stories and want to be on the show because it's I this is my dream to be able to talk to more people than I just actually meet out in the world. And sure. just as a tip for people, um, I found that the phrase, what is the strangest thing you've ever seen? I think that is the best way. And as a salesman, you just learn what phrases work on the general people. And you that is, me, man. yeah, that's <laughs> such a good way to bring it up. Cause you don't want to go, Hey, uh, you ever seen a dog, man? You know, to the to the average person, <laughs> but you can get a lot of stuff. And I even my grandfather told me a story, and that's the phrase I used on it because he just did not seem like he would have had. I was guess I was just fishing. Mm-hmm. What's the strangest thing you've ever seen? Or if, <laughs> if have you ever had anything strange happen to you? And that's a good way, folks, to. To get something out of somebody it's so broad in general that a lot of people have had something unexplainable happen to them. Loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Uh, I yeah. just wanted to put that out there. That's my favorite thing to do. But to be, yeah, able I mean, to- you're an awesome host, man. I mean, like, uh, I, I mean, you're cordial, man, and you, and you, you relate. And I mean, I, I couldn't have asked for a better place for me to ever put this out to anybody, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, man, I would love to be able to talk to you more often. You know I mean? If you would, you know, care to have me on. Totally. Sometimes, yeah. Let's do that. I would, I would, I would love to, uh, wax eloquent with you, my friend, you know, we could talk about some serious stuff going on in this world and we'll, we'll dive into some of them dark realms and. Oh Yeah. And, well, we can shed light on them for people, you know. Some people may be of the opinion you shouldn't do that, but you shouldn't have your head in the sand. You need to know your enemy. Absolutely. You need to know Absolutely. your enemy, guys. You, you, you need to know what's up. Yeah, you it, you can't go out and, and go blindfolded against no. a ninja. And these ninjas are coming. Especially with your head in the sand like a lot of people are. And, hey, I've got some hope, man. I see a lot of people waking up in one way or the other. You know, and that's a beautiful thing. It and, is. And it gives me it hope. Happens, it happens at a, a very rapid pace at the pace the world is going. So I, know, I believe we can, the wheat and the tares are uh, both mm-hmm. growing in their traits. The winnowing fork is is working its way right now. I'm 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 thinking. Yeah, I can feel it, and um, it does give me hope that I see random people, and all of a sudden, you know, hey, I I just see a lot of people waking up. Although most of them are asleep, there's still a lot of people rapidly. Yeah, what's I mean, going on. I, I've come from a very dark dark past. And if I could come through it, man, you know, I, I'm going to tell you now, I'm probably as weak among men as any as far as the temptations of this life. But if God can see fit for to save someone like me, then he can save anyone. I, mean, I feel the same way. Yeah. And I'm, you know, 
I uh, I've shed a lot of sins, but I'm still shedding them. And, and you know, <laughs> you know you what will, I mean? to the day they mm-hmm. the day they call call in the time on you, my friend, yeah. you will have sin. You know, it's just it's that unfortunate you know facts that we have to deal with. You know. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, look, I guess we better go. It's sure, pretty late. Sure. I might have to do this in two parts. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but I may, may split it sure up thing, to a man. couple yeah. there. But Are, are we uh, like, uh, can you just cut this part? Or... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll go ahead and end it here, guys. If you like what you heard, you want other people to hear it, like and subscribe and all that good junk. And uh, I'll be having more shows on if you want to tell me your story uh, and that's whether or not you want to be on the show or not you can always email me at the abnormal truth at gmail.com thanks guys thank you thank you for having me on <laughs>